Melissa. I'm Olivia. And we're here to take you back to your, your twilight, twilight phase. Oh, that was not bad. <laughs> I that was a good one. That was like acceptable. Um, what's up? How are you guys? I'm pretty good. I'm good. I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Anything? Anything new? I don't know. Do we have anything to? Have we have we done anything together recently? No. 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 We don't no. see we like each other. other. I got nothing. Not to since the, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm Normally too excited. we can come up with something. I'm too excited and ready to start our episode. Be distracted to come up with an anecdote. Because drum roll. We have a guest. We have a guest. Hey, hey kids, welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, Chance. Hi. Uh, how are you? Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm good. Sweaty, but that's all right. <laughs> nice. Um, me, me too. Um, I am Chance, uh, just like a recent Patreon and recent uh, binger of the podcast. Yeah. We. How, how's that going for you? <laughs> It is very difficult to keep a straight face listening to you guys while I'm working on people because I exclusively listen to podcasts at work. And you're so. a massage therapist. So. Yeah. So if I were laugh. getting a massage and my massage therapist just started like cackling, I'd be like, oh, God, what's wrong with my body? What's wrong with my body? I have a lot of breathing control at this point. Oh, I love yeah, that's that. very funny. So Chance is a listener that wrote in, and listeners, you know we love when you write in. Such a joy. And Chance told us a little about her story, and I was like, this is the most interesting person in the world. (laughs) Oh, come on. This is the most interesting person in the world. (laughs) So we're so hyped to talk to you today. But like, first, before we get into the present day, we need you to take us into the past. It's the classic question. Can you tell us about your Twilight phase? Well, I have to go a little bit before Twilight to get into my Twilight phase because I I liked vampires before they were cool. Actually, um, I ran a a role-playing website when I was just 11. And I I was the headmaster of a school for gifted kids. (laughs) And uh, my character's name was Dimitra. She had like the black hair and red eyes. Oh, that's so eleven. <laughs> so absolutely. <laughs> um, and she was a vampire who was telepathic. OMG! So. You came up with it first. <laughs> you know. Wait, but was her kind of telepathy like hearing thoughts, or could she also put thoughts in your head? It was mostly hearing thoughts, but she was better. <laughs> In that she could choose whether or not she was listening in, oh, you know, odd. a little less crazy making, but yeah. also kind of disturbing. The idea to have like a I school principal who could read your right. mind. <laughs> oh, like, I love that. If you have the choice, I don't think <laughs> it's makes ever it ethical to you. I know. <laughs> right. But for actual for actual Twilight, I remember some of the other kids were talking about reading this story with vampires in it and one of the people talking about it was a boy that I decided I had a crush on. Mm. It wasn't that I really had a crush on him. I was Mm. like, I need to have a crush on somebody (laughs) because... Oh, I clocked that distinction immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he was reading it, but so was the girl that like was like, ah, that's my rival. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So it was like, I was just like reading it to get some reason to talk to him but eventually like I I liked the story well enough but it it didn't take me too long before I was like you know my gothic interpretation of vampires is clearly superior Ah. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh like this is too mainstream yeah I mean sparkly vampires the sparkly the sparkly got got to me pretty fast I I never at the time I don't think I ever bought any like Twilight gear, memorabilia. I might have seen maybe one of the movies in theaters, mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. I still had a couple of occasions where I would uh, binge read all the books or all the movies by myself because I didn't wow, have any friends so, like, who liked it. We're like a 
a purist. Like, Pardon your me. Twilight phase was the books. Okay, yeah. you've never called me a purist. <laughs> and? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely saw the movies at a certain point, but, like, they were kind of unavoidable. They kind of were. Yeah, okay, and then, them. so then you had, like, a, it was, like, an anti-Twilight Nearly yes. immediately. Um, yeah. As soon as, like, the think pieces started coming out. And back in, like, the beginning of YouTube, there was a, a, a lot more people doing, like, read-throughs of, like, pop culture yeah. books. And so a lot of them were making fun of it mm -hmm. and were trying to bring up some of the more problematic aspects of it. I read through an oh. entire blog that went through Twilight and Fifty Shades and kind of helped, you know, bring me to my senses on a, a couple of the aspects of it. I never over-romanticized Twilight, but... And how old were you during this this time? Oh, probably 13. Probably okay. 13. Because 13 was when I started kind of trying to hate everything. <laughs> I do feel that. I do feel that. That was probably, like relatively psychologically healthy though to be critical <laughs> yeah. of twilight at it's 13 true. Um, it's very true yeah because mm -hmm. i was deep in <laughs> i think that was good for my psyche i probably would have been deeper if i had any friends who had been into it exactly mm -hmm. like i just kind of went where my friends were and all my friends were into anime instead <laughs> wait so i also want to ask did you talk to your decided crush about Twilight successfully? Yeah. Uh, probably. I was and still am a shameless flirt. So <laughs> it probably came up in conversation, but not nearly as successfully, I suppose. I don't think it was really that big into books, to be honest. <laughs> Just doing it because it was popular. You were like, this is the thing. I'm going to have a reason to talk to him. Mm. And you're like, hey. Twilight, and he's like, oh yeah, I like Red Dress or whatever. <laughs> oh, cool. So no, more so, it just gave me a reason to talk to like the other kids in ah. the weird library kids room that they had. Ah, the that's a universal experience. Yeah. <laughs> Volunteered at the, the library, library and everything. Kid. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Group. <laughs> I also volunteered at the library. I, oh, I just this. worked at the library. Oh, nice. Even better. <laughs> they paid me. Yeah, that's way, way better. <laughs> okay, wait. So, Chance, what um, brought you back to Twilight in the present? Right, because you chose How to did your Twilight our, Renaissance our podcast, ostensibly? Yeah. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time on Tumblr, and I did yeah. notice that there was a Twilight like, Renaissance happening on there yeah. a little bit. It would show up on my dash more often. But what led me to it was a different podcast. I was listening to a read through of all the uh, Harry Potter books mm. and, you know, like a, with a critical eye on it. And of course they were uh, releasing their episodes while you know, JK Rowling was going mm. off her rocker. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Revealing her true self. And at one Too point close. during that podcast, they mentioned that there was like a Twilight cousin of their podcast. And I was like, oh, they didn't say it by name, so I was just like, oh, right, there would be a Twilight podcast out there that would right. reread it. And yours was the first one that I saw. I was like, you know what? Wow. Looks good. Clock we it. somehow cool. just magically have really great SEO yeah. in, <laughs> like, podcast apps, and we ha we didn't try. I don't know how we did it. The picture is awesome, <laughs> to be honest. <gasps> like, Thanks. Thank you. Um, it really sister made it for us. <laughs> Right My sister rocked it. Yeah, honestly. I'll, I'll, I'll tell her. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> I'm moving on. But yeah, I've been having fun kind of going through the, you know, all the different Twilight podcasts and just kind of remembering what there's, it there's felt like to have, like, all that drama about <laughs> oh what God, a healthy relationship so is supposed to look like. Right. So, speaking of drama... <laughs> In your email, great email. You, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a quick excerpt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It was excellent. It's a great email. 
Every time you mention Colts, I mentally wave my arms around. Hey, <laughs> that's me. It's the three-year anniversary of when we got kicked out of a bona fide cult, which triggered a near total collapse what? of the 25-year interfaith sanctuary of Earth religion. Why? So, like, please say more. Please There's say so many more. Levels to this, and just... uh, <laughs> and yeah. like this time, I dialed in on got kicked out of. Right. Yes, because that yeah. means specifically. That... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fasten, go go on. We're ready. We are wrapped. Uh, let's see. So I started going to camp when I was thirteen. Um, my my stepmom was a not Mormon. Oh gosh, my stepmom was a Mormon and a Wiccan at the same time. Wow, I didn't know you could do that that for an hour. I could. I was right. Does your stepmom want to come on this podcast? Okay, so both my dad and my stepmom are both dead. All right, mm. it's just my mom now. Uh, so, yes, the the people who could have you know watched me go through all of this, they they weren't there at the time. Still have my mom, but um, she found it on like uh, like witch box or something. She wanted to connect to other uh, Wiccans in the area, which surprisingly there are many. Uh, we went there for a freezing Samhain. Which is not ideal for camping. And it's a very small group. Um, we did like a seance where someone next to me was like freaking out and, and rocking and turned to me and said, someone here is very happy that you're here. And I was like, oh, I guess I have to come back. Okay. The scariest thing they could have said. Yeah. <laughs> also, how old are you when this is happening? 13. 13 was the first time. Oh my god. So this is like coinciding with Twilight for you. Yeah. It's like when people were starting to get more so into like really identifying with more occult things and not, Mm -hmm. I mean, my sisters were all fairly gothic, but it wasn't really a mainstream. Like it was okay to be into vampires or okay to wear black or any of that, you know. But it started to be more okay, started to be more cool. And I was like the third grader walking around with like a book of Teen Witch. So for it to be something that I could be a little bit more outwardly, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely wanted to go back. It felt important. Um, but I didn't go back until I was about 15. There wasn't so many events that my parents were so sure about going to until we went back for a Beltane and I got to meet a lot of the other kids because Beltane is really family friendly kid focused um it's the like the spring festival with the maypole yeah you know the whole shebang and then I met another girl who is just like exactly what I wanted to be just came up to me wearing all like cool goth gear had a cool hat on and was riding a unicycle <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, okay, (laughs) be my friend. (laughs) So it's so easy to just fall in with the other teens there. And there was only like maybe five of us, but you got really close. And you, a lot of us went through very similar issues of being kind of misfit, Mm -hmm. but it didn't really become as important until I got a little bit older and started to go to an event that's called stones that is like the big family gathering mm-hmm. of what sometimes could be like 500 members of this oh, church because it wow. was like a a church it had mm-hmm. the registration mm-hmm. it's just in the middle of nowhere and the whole land all like 250 acres was the church oh shoot yeah so we'd have everybody come in and work together on ropes and rollers and moving these you know like 10 ton stones into a stone circle it makes you feel amazing right. about cool. yourself cool. you know and Team working accomplishing teamwork. something that seems impossible yeah. community and everybody being able to have a part that gets recognized like what doesn't sound good about that and in none of it do they ever make you have to believe in a certain god or believe in a certain religion there was all sorts there pretty much 
it was still like heavily skewed white people, heavily mm. skewed just like Wiccan or like new agey type. But, you know, there's still a significant group that was um, doing a lot more like Native American practices in it too. So it almost kind of felt like a, a church within a church. Hmm. And that's sort of the group that I got uh, involved with more, at least for certain parts. I started doing Lakota spirit drumming with one of the elder leaders who had been there for so long. Um, so you first went to this like campground yeah. that doubles as like a church mm-hmm. gathering space yeah. when you're 13 you go back when you're 15 and from there like now and then you kind of like return and everyone yeah. is like so we nice and interesting yeah and there's like a what what's the purpose of the stone circle is it just like the act of doing it or once it's completed is there like some kind of ritual or well it has a lot of history with like druidic practices you can think of stonehenge and things like that but it is very much a um a community building aspect but i guess what you could say the mission statement of the church (laughs) was to leave something for the next generations and always talking about i think it was like the seventh generation i believe that yeah Yeah. so it's like leave a planet for the next generation it's like we take care of things we take care of each other and we you know, wanted to do good things for ourselves, but ultimately what everybody was supposed to be focused on was, you know, creating a way for the next generation to build on it. That comes back later is not being really the case. Um, So I got really close to quite a few people who had been there since the beginning, a lot of families that had been there since the beginning, and some elders they call themselves silverbacks, elders, whatever you want to say, but people who had been making some decisions since the get-go. The one we got closest to, I'll call him the drummer. <laughs> I got close to the drummer and his family, and I'm still friends with his daughter, actually. Um, but he got close to my dad, too. They were friends. And I'm bringing him up just to say, like, Here's someone who was an elder who was very close to us, who knew me, knew my family, knew that I'm almost as straight-laced as they come. I don't really drink. I think I've, you know, like, uh, you're in camp. People are smoking pot, you know. <laughs> right. I, throughout my history, might have done that two times, maybe. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't for me. So when he turns around later and he's willingly accusing me of some of the stuff that they tried to it's it's that relationship that i felt really highlights why it felt like it was a cult because it was someone who knew me and did care but was willing to make everybody that i grew up with think that i'm someone who would as they accused us of um Selling drugs and running a prostitution ring. <laughs> All right. That's, Sometimes that's, when I hear yeah. these allegations, I'm like, do you really think that, like, someone would even know where to start with that? No. Also, like, yeah, so how long run have a prostitution you been there? Ring, kudos to you. Right? Like... There was not that many of us. <laughs> I don't know. I would be tired. I already worked 10-hour days. <laughs> how long were you involved before things kind of fell apart for you? We only went there two or three times a year for um, from 15 to 20, my age. So five years, we were there pretty often. Yeah. Um, I didn't get more involved until my dad passed away. Um, he passed away suddenly in 2015. And that that's basically the catalyst for what can make a person fall into the hands of something like a cult. You lose, you know, a father figure or Mm -hmm. someone who gave you guidance and you kind of like just stumble, lose your place. And you're like, I need something to keep me together. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
it can happen to anybody. You never yeah, know. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I always thought that I was smart and I was like, I really didn't fall for a lot of the nonsense, but I was still there and I was still being a different person and still hurting people that I cared about mm. without even really fully realizing it. Um, so yeah, he passed away and I had already talked to him about wanting to intern there because a lot of the friends that I made were people who are my age and people my age would go and work at the camp during mm -hmm. the summers because they needed younger people. Most of the people living there, which is about maybe five or so, were over 50. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of physical work to do <laughs> on 250 on acres 250 of campground. 250 acres, yeah. There. Yes. <laughs> so I went and interned there and I thought I was just going to be on my own. But last second, my wife decided that she could do an internship with the drummer because it turns out he was actually also a graphic designer. Oh. And at and this she was time, in art are you guys already married? Or is this like your wife before becoming your wife? Yeah. I mean, she and I have known each other since we were 10 years old. <laughs> oh my I gosh. I love that. Yes. Oh my gosh. We moved to the same school and we were both very like misfit types. And we just like, whoop, okay, it's us now. <laughs> oh my God, that's um, so cute. And we've only gotten hand fasted. We don't want to go through like, the government marriage thing mm -hmm. listen up a lot of stuff it's bullshit yeah. <laughs> i will say that till i die <laughs> so is this before or after that the story so this is uh this is before um we go in and we're very young as i said we just seem so bubbly and happy and not beaten down by all the work that they go through so you know, I saw the process in other people later. Um, you start out really excited, thinking like, this is my community. These are the people who love me and this is doing something so great and grand. So let's go, let's let's get at them. But they called us uh, what they call other people, the happy hippie helpers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is basically, yeah, the term that you end up using for a lot of the folks who come by who you know, best of intentions, but it, they're not really that great at getting their hands dirty or working long hours. But uh, they didn't expect that we were actually very good workers. And um, she and I are basically a dream team. Anything you put us to, like, we synergize, we got this. <laughs> and we ended up doing a lot of cleaning because they didn't really have any other ideas of what to do with us at the time. Um, but that place has perpetually for its whole history been a pigsty. <clears throat> so the fact that we did that happily and well every single day, you know, we got the attention of the founder pretty quickly. Classic. Wow, the it bar is so low. <laughs> all you have to do to get the attention of the founder is like tidy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it was like hard work tidying, but like... Oh, God. I mean, uh, like anyone could have done it. It's just right. you guys were the ones willing. Yeah. But we would do our best to keep up with it and keep up with the dishes, which were insane. Um, yeah. He started making promises that even I at the time knew there was no way he was going to keep saying that he would help my wife with her student loans for art school, which he would make fun of her for having gone to college for art and you know whatever opportunities he had to say that we were doing it wrong he would take <laughs> and saying oh you know we bought this building over here and we're going to renovate it and we can make it into a bed and breakfast for you guys and you can run it and you can be a massage therapist and you can do the art for it and it's going to be great mm. it's like he would have these grand ideas that you knew were going mm. nowhere, but right. they would try to pull you in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was cocky enough that he would even say things like, oh, I'm just weaving my web, <laughs> just pulling you in. It, he was very oh, self-aware. Huh. Oh boy, and aren't this, they normally yeah. though? They're very self-aware, they know what yeah. they're doing. I mean, this guy, 
was so charismatic, which you find in every single cult leader. But he had the southern gentleman with a nice dog and acoustic guitar. Like, he had that down flat. He knew what he was doing. Anytime he wanted to talk to somebody, he would bring them over. He had a bar right next to his desk. And he'd just make up some drinks and convince people to do what he wanted them to do. The acoustic guitar is the red flag. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. I think the red flag was his white suit that he would wear all the time. It's like yeah! creepy. Man, if there was one thing like I would guess about cult leader like in their wardrobe, mm-hmm. an entirely white suit <laughs> would definitely be in my, in my yeah. guesses. <laughs> like I don't have the genius to guess that but when you say it it's like oh of course kind of present what an incredible detail (laughs) snow vibes you're right oh my god yeah so you're living there this like charismatic leader is making all these promises that like you know he's not gonna keep but overall like your life is good like you're happy it sounds like being there because you stayed when does that shift Well, I'm happy being there, but I'm also aware that I have friends there that were struggling. I'm starting to catch on to it because it's hard to ignore. He had a terrible temper. So if something went wrong, you would hear about it. And every single morning, we'd have to wake up at like 730 and go over and sit down and listen to him talk for about an hour about what he wanted to have happen that day. And at night at dinner, again, he was the only one who would talk. But nobody at all tried to speak up, even to have a conversation. And you pick up on that really quickly. It's like, oh, we have to just fall in line. But again, I'm like, all right, well, he's old. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the elders are old. They care about the next generation. I'm just going to pick up how to do like the office work. And I'll just, you know, I can deal with it. I can wait a little while. I can take over someday. <laughs> so you kind of let a lot of things slide. You're just like, ah, that's that's just how the old, you know, folks did it. We won't right. do that when we get, you know, our opportunity. Um, we only interned for a couple of seasons. It wasn't until after the second time that we were like, okay, he wants us to live there. And I was like, okay. You know, my wife was going through a lot of issues at the time and I needed to get uh, Sam. Sam's my wife. She doesn't mind being named. Um, I need to get Sam out so that she could start healing. I didn't think that bringing her to an abusive like situation mm-hmm. was going to be great. But I'm like, I have experience protecting her. We have friends there. It'll be fine. It was not fine. (laughs) We show up and just go into doing what we can. But I had already messed things up a little bit um, by starting to date uh, the husband of one of the leaders of the church. Speaking of drama, in <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he confessed to me, and I'm like, "Whoa, all there, all right." <laughs> Here's the thing: <laughs> I ain't so sure about this, but let's try to be friends. Um, but we ended up having the opportunity to talk a lot, and I'm, I had already been talking to Sam about open relationships because that was something that was more common in camp Mm. and it just seemed to to suit me and the way that I function and the way that I view how I feel like yeah I don't feel like I have a finite amount of love to give some people are like look my schedule can only fit in this much (laughs) and if I try to spread it then like nope it's not gonna work it does take a lot of scheduling, but I've made it work. <laughs> um, I love that. She, his ex was not happy at the time, but she wanted to figure it out because 
it, she didn't hate me <laughs> and she still liked him and she knew that I was a good person and like I was still with my partner so she was like okay he should probably still stay with me but she had been under the cult leader for a very long time and you start to pick up some habits and it just some like aggressive tendencies not so much but like those really wouldn't come out until after we got kicked out can we i want to hear every detail but i know i'm, I'm I know, going to like okay. right be strong can we skip to the kicking out yeah, yeah. actually yeah, yeah, yeah actually it's pretty easy to skip to that from there because it's just like all right so here's an ocean i'm with him there's all four of us in this polycule but we are in secret Mm. The leader isn't allowed to know. So we're just trying to operate. I'm trying to run You the guys office. are rebels. Yeah. <laughs> and we're trying to do something secretly yeah. behind the back of someone who refuses to let there be anything he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. I know. For you. <laughs> it's okay. There's a happy yeah. ending. We know. She's out. Yeah. <laughs> You're here with us. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, the leader started to take a very steep dive. There was some drama with some of the, uh, bigger festivals. There was one called like Nightmare or whatever that was trying to happen at the same time as Samhain. And I don't know if y'all know much about Samhain, but it's a very serious holiday, you know, talking to ancestors, talking to those who have passed, like you're supposed to be respectful. But this guy was trying to make a like an EDM festival happen at the same time, just like across the river. Which yeah, his, yeah you can still Halloween hear. out of Samhain. Yeah. Instead he, of he wanted money. Cause yeah. those big events, those would be like two thousand people or so coming in and partying and making a big old mess of our church. <laughs> but for money. But a lot of the members money. hated that. And he verbally abused and got very aggressive with one of the members at a member's meeting. And she went to Facebook with it. Mm. So people were starting to realize that something wasn't quite right. Even though they already knew that he was a very aggressive guy, this was different. He starts to push more and more for having some people added to the board of directors. And by people, I mean his own toadies, people who would basically vote his way so that he could have more sway. He was trying to ask us to strike. He didn't ask me or Johnny, my guy, didn't ask me or Johnny or his ex because they're like, no, no way. Not even going to bother talking to them. But they did try to get my wife. Mm. They did keep trying to be like, she's, you know, chances mean. Like, she's trying to control you. She's trying to do all this kind of stuff. And we care about you. And you're so sweet. You're and so she's gentle. running, like, a prostitution ring yeah. and selling drugs. Oh. Just, like, clearly, clearly <laughs> she's, like, yeah, she terrible, terrible things. I do terrible yeah. things to her. But we went out with the board of directors and we're talking to them, like, this is what's happening. He is, you know breaking dishes and yelling at us and and doing some crazy stuff and he is not right something is wrong and they were agreeing with this they did agree and i thought we're all on the same page so the event starts we're trying to work we're just trying to be welcoming i'm in the kitchen with sam trying to help them make a feast for you know the hundreds of people who are there and at some point of the day the drummer, my camp uncle, my family friend comes in. It was like, hey, Chance, I, ha- I need you to come with me. And he takes me by the arm and drags me outside and puts me in the car. I'm like, what is happening? I thought we were like, what's going on? Um, they're like, we just need to find Johnny and his partner. I was like, okay, but where's Sam? What, what's going on? They drive us up to the farmhouse and we come in and there's the whole board with scotch on the table in front of them. And they sit us down by the door and they're like, we have this whole dossier of witnesses saying that they've seen you, Johnny, 
selling drugs and in possession of drugs. And dossier is never a good sign. I know. <laughs> right. No good and, stories have dossiers. And uh, so we need you to leave. We're going to give you 15 minutes before we call the cops. Whoa. We're going to yeah. give you the keys to this car that, you know, his partner owned and a thousand dollars in an envelope. Get out of here. What? Oh. What? And I was like, I'm freaking out, but you know, somehow I maintain my composure. They're silent. And I'm just like trying to look them in the eye, but none of them want to meet my eye. Of course not. I'm like, I understand what you think he did. I'm not saying I agree with it, but what do you think I did? And they're just like, you're a security risk. And you know, After that might have been true. The same yeah. people, the same board was asking me to take pictures of like tax records, whatever else I could come up with, anything. So yeah. that's how you get kicked out of the We cult. got kicked out. But he was trying to keep our wives. <laughs> he, my, my camp uncle, who was also like, again, Sam did like the internship with them. They were close too. He literally dragged her up the stairs until she fell. <gasps> and like... Yeah, I was, I wasn't there at the time, but she's told me later. So she and was my, ready to yeah. leave too. And my other friend, they put them, in, they put him in his cabin, and locked him in there and said, "You well. cannot leave here, because we think that you were part of this drug ring." Oh my god! Someone no. said his girlfriend, they, our friend Britt. It's them. Yeah, so our friend <laughs> Britt breaks him out of there. So there's five of us leave, and then the members meeting actually happens. They're like, "Hey." Why is half of your staff gone? <laughs> Something happened. And all hell breaks loose. We're gone. We luckily have friends on the outside. And then the four of us start living together. And then everybody else, like, takes Damn. to Facebook and takes to going there and trying to figure out what's happening. Meanwhile, like, the cult leader's, like, pulling out this dossier of nonsense. <laughs> um, one member gets, like, arrested because she goes to try to listen to this dossier, and she's got a wire. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, it got big. And I think there's still probably lawsuits and stuff. But, like, you wow. know what? I'm at the point. We're at I... the point. Well, we just don't want to have to do with it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Fair. glad that you got out right as it was exploding. Shoot. Probably would have gotten a lot worse, and you got I don't to, think you it could have been fixed. You got to keep thousand dollars, right? Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, there we go. For... That's, that's a should of a version I can, as I can kind of come up. Thank with. you for sharing this with us. Sorry, it's forever. forever. This story is bananas. Oh, this is an incredible story. I don't want this to sound like it's making light of your very serious experience, but with what you know from your own life, do you think? That the Cullens <laughs> are a cult. I know they get accused of it. But Charismatic leader. I that's the main thing. I can see Carlisle in a white suit. He is. <laughs> absolutely. I can see it. Carlisle is charismatic, but he doesn't seem to want to be using people as a means to an end. Fair. If he showed any sign of trying to be the big boss to overtake the Volturi, anything like that, um, then sure. It kind of sounds like he was trying to you know, use this different lifestyle as like a way to you know, control what they do with themselves. That could be a little eh. But the fact is like he was trying to get them to do something that he believed was a good thing and as wow. most people could morally agree probably was a good thing. Right. He is um, pretty yeah. missionary in his beliefs. Like, he Look. wants other people to do the same thing, but he doesn't manipulate anybody yeah. into doing it. They are free to go. I don't yeah. understand why they all stay. Um, <laughs> yeah, if it's just like a moral thing, that's okay. I get it. Community. Yeah. I, it, based on what I know of cults, it sounds like you're very lucky that they gave you the resources to leave. Like, that's right. why a lot of people get so stuck is because yeah. they don't have the resources. Yeah, I was lucky in that one of the few things that I went there with was my massage therapy license. Mm. So I made sure I had that in place. I was lucky. Uh, a lot of my friends that ended up there were in much worse situations. And yeah, that's how people got stuck there. Either they got left there 
because <laughs> they like broke up with somebody and they're like, well, I can't go living back there again. Right. Or they just didn't have any money and thought that this was their calling. Okay. So you also mentioned during this story, um, you told you identify as polyamorous. Yeah. So, uh, hang on. And Johnny from the story is now your husband. Yes. Okay. Again, not, not legally. In fact, we didn't even get handfasted because both of us are more or less atheists, I guess. But like you, can, you consider yourself like married spiritually on oh, some level. The only way that really call him matters. your husband. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Just just to make things easier, I'm like, that's my wife, that's my husband, and it's just the three of us now. Gotcha. Okay. This is the type of marriage so... I can get behind. <laughs> oh, and, and those two, like my wife and my husband, they don't... Are not together. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, gotcha. they're friends, and they make fun of me together, but that's as far as it goes. <laughs> okay, You're so you brought character. up... Obviously, um, you have a certain perspective on why I love triangles, which are humongous, and Twilight, like really blew up you know that she didn't invent the love triangle but stuff really blew up at the time but boy did she perfect it (laughs) i mean as much as she perfected like the worst (laughs) (laughs) basically bringing in like all the worst parts of like what i would consider uh a monogamous relationship all Mm. the worst parts of it Mm. um she decided to highlight and romanticize so like as a way of tension yeah. right. i guess that makes sense like it's, That's it's the dramatic they have it is right, very right. dramatic it's very, very compelling but i don't know why it's it's depicted as so just okay for edward and jacob to both go back and forth being like oh look at those tactics you know he's manipulating bella better right, than right. i am like holy shit why (laughs) you shouldn't have to um and you know they keep calling bella stubborn but that's pretty bullshit too because yeah it is she's not as stubborn as she is like willing to do whatever it takes to make sure other people are happy and Mm. if that means like being super rational and giving up things that matter to her like she'll do it Mm and and you know, being super rational doesn't make you stubborn. But they will also at the same time treat her like she's gullible. Again, they're like, oh, I can manipulate her. If he fights back by doing this method. Ah. I've uh, like looked at a few quotes in the book that really like threw me with how they treat Bella, um, which I had totally forgotten about. I totally forgot. Yeah that jacob brings up the story of like king solomon and the moms oh man as being like their love triangle it's like oh okay so bella's a baby bella's a baby (laughs) who has no agency in this right who's the mom who's who's it's like the only choice that they're given is either cut the baby in half or one of them are deciding for her i see i see and it's like but that's not the real situation you're no, in. She's, she's a teen young yeah. lady. And uh, I I searched as much as I could for like any moment where Smyre's like, this is why she can't have both. Because of course they say multiple times, like she can't have both. Can't she, have both. I, wanna, wow. I wanna love you, Jacob, but I can't. Um, the she, reasoning is like, yeah, Edward and Jacob don't, like each other and also but the only bella reason they don't this, like, like each other is because they both want bella right. n- n- jacob would hate edward anyway once he became a <laughs> werewolf because it's this weird instincts but we say like jacob but, can't overcome his werewolf instincts but to kill edward, vampires but edward, edward overcomes, overcomes his, his instincts to kill also bella? it's the perfect stark like Bella and Edward aren't that star-crossed compared to Jacob and Edward. What? <laughs> it's the ultimate yeah. star-crossed lover. I'm still trying to cons- 
I'm still trying to consider whether or not like the two guys would have ever been like, oh yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do like it. being a true triad. Together. I can see it as being more of a situation like what I'm in, where I have two partners, but they don't really need to have much to do with each other. Is there right. a term like my understanding is that three people who are in the same relationship all together would be a triad? Mm-hmm. Is there a word for a a V? <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just like the a V type relationship, but you know, I've called us a polycule. I've called us I don't want to call us a thruple because it's not Right, it's not a thruple. Um I I think yeah. I know how Edward and Jacob would end up together. <laughs> not like exclusively together. Although maybe exclusively okay, in I've a triad or just the two of them. Well, yeah, right. I'll take okay. you through it. I'll take you through it. Okay. So Edward and Bella are in love. Jacob loves Bella. Bella internally loves Jacob, but doesn't, like, realize that she is in love with him yet. Like, where we are in Eclipse right Right. now. Right, And Edward is like, I love Bella so much that the only person who understands me is Jacob, who also (laughs) loves her so much. So, really, we have a lot in common, and we have a talk about so that's how their friendship builds you know it is a big thing to have in common and for you know my partners having someone who like they can both make fun of and both know the quirks of it's like it's it's been pretty good for bonding right like they have fun on that level yeah it's sort of similar to like you know like like your best friend's partner like the three you have that same sort of thing where like you have a particular type of relationship with your best friend yeah and like their partner and you have a certain dynamic yeah exactly like my best friend's partner deb i never call them by the name deb i always come up with a fun like hey there debadoo Hey there, Debwop. Um, That's cute. Let's try to. But anyway, so Edward and Jacob get a friendship going, and then Bella tragically dies. Nobody (laughs) understands the depths of their agony. Was this for each other? And instead of growing apart in their pain, they grow together. That's like like every Edward Jacob fan fiction. Yeah, they're. There has to be so many fanfics that go exactly yeah, I've like that. Okay, well, okay, I Riley. don't read the ones without okay. Bella, so I so made that up what myself. If, what if that happens? Bella doesn't die, but instead <laughs> realizes that she does romantically love Jacob. So we get right. to the end of Eclipse, and then Edward is like, you know, I have this jealousy that I'm dealing with. But I can tell that he also makes you really happy. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can all work through our separate jealousies and you can happy. have everything that you need because I love you so much that I would never want to deny you a thing that you really want. And that yeah. does happen yeah. in Eclipse, right? Edward is sort like, of. yeah, like whatever part of me you want, you can have. But I think Jacob is the one that's like, no. No, you have to pick. Yeah, if it's going to be me, it's going to be me. Well, Jacob's the one who does just the worst thing that a person could do, which I guess technically Edward did too, which is like, well, if I can't have you, then I guess I'll just kill myself. And it's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So many levels. (laughs) That immediately takes away any choice. And, you know, Bella says later that it doesn't feel like she has a choice. Mm. She, you know, feels like she has to be with Edward, um, which is so weird to put it that way. And she, a lot of times, like, I did, like, a search and find. Like, 14 times, she's like, I deserve to be in pain. I deserve Uh, to be yelled at. I deserve to be, you know, taken down. And I deserve stuff. Yeah, it's like therapy, buddy. So, so Bella, Bella would have to believe that she deserved whatever she wanted to have. Right. She would have to believe that she deserves not only Edward but also Jacob and also the struggles that they go through with each other. She would have to believe herself worthy of all that. She would have to to learn a lot that they're not. Like, deserving Edward and deserving Jacob is not, like, deserving these great and, like, 
on pedestal people. Like, they're people who also have their own fucking issues. Like, it's true. Really, she should be recognizing that she's too good for exactly. <laughs> I mean, but that started with her parents. I mean, if you want to armchair psychology it, like she We do. Yeah. She <laughs> had to be so much for her parents. Yeah. You know, to kind of make up for being herself, I suppose, you know. Like I, I've been in that position feeling like I have to, you know, be a caretaker and do all of this for other people. I had to overcome that before I could really be in the relationships that I'm in, Mm -hmm. because how else would I stand up for what I actually need to be happy if I'm like, no, you know what? I deserve to get like stressed out. I deserve to, you know, be quiet and keep everything down and just listen to whatever, you know, their problems are. So in a little way, I do relate to Bella on some of her issues right. like in my yeah, darkest right. days we That's all kind of how i thought yeah and we and we go to therapy right <laughs> we go to therapy and then they we have would, relationships they yeah. would all need a lot of individual therapy and yeah. also a lot of thruple yeah. therapy i feel and... like that's the undercurrent of all of twilight hashtag like, thruple therapy sit there and talk about that it's like therapy. okay so stephanie might I... have to get over her implicit racism she'd have to get oh. over the idea that yeah. they have to have prejudice even though they've shown in other cases how they can overcome that yeah like they never explain why the werewolves have to hate the Cullens so no, hard. But they doesn't. definitely don't explain why the hell the Cullens think that they have the right to be so shitty no. <laughs> to the Native Americans that they're being like, how dare you not let me hunt in your territory? Yep. Even though I have all the rest of the you know, planet. The globe. Of the planet. <laughs> but I'm going to be mad at you because you won't let me cross the little territory line. We're you're yeah. so enemies yeah. now. Yeah, what? What are you talking about? You're so... I'm taking away uh-huh. that I think Jacob might have the most work to do, but yeah. we have to blame Smile As for he's it. depicted in New Moon, as he's Flash depicted Eclipse, in Eclipse, I think, I think beginning, I think first half of New Moon, Jacob. You know, I really have faith in him. Yeah. That's true, especially because, like, what he wants for Bella is her happiness. Exactly. Yeah. He starts to make strides. He starts to say, you know, okay, maybe even when she's dead, I might be able to get over my instinct to uh, kill vampires. I might be able to do it. Because for most of the time, Bella's thinking, as soon as I become a vampire, Jacob wants nothing to do with me. Right. He starts to give her the idea that maybe that's not the case. Which means that if he got over it enough, he could also end up with Edward. <laughs> little kissies. Yeah, if they could just get over the stupid smell thing, which, God. Oh, oh, God. True, I don't know if they'll ever get past that. I think the whole smell thing is like, well, we can't uh, like explicitly make this like a really racist thing, so just they have cooties and they smell. <laughs> I think they could get... I think there is textual evidence that they could get over the smell thing. And that's because Edward can get over how good Bella smells. Bella smells. And she smells way better than Jacob smells bad. Right. Because he's just like, you smell weird. And how much (laughs) of the smell thing is them, like, playing it up, you know? Right. Well, I know that I hate this. Ew, you're gross. Yeah. Wet dog gross. I feel like once Edward and Jacob begin to like vibe and fall in love, then the smell becomes like a positive, you know? Then it's like, oh my god, I used to gross think you smelled you. so bad, but now you just smell like you and I think you smell really good. There was actually, a lot of sexual right? tension in that tent, that's for sure. <laughs> There's a, I am ready for the tent. I'm ready for, for the tent, tent scene. And I think right. probably the most romantic gesture Edward did towards Jacob was actually giving him the uh, the wedding invitation later. Just being like, look, I want to understand you, not just you know, because Bella, this is what Bella wants. This is me as Edward saying, hey, Jacob, I know if I was in your position, I would want to be invited. I care about what position this is putting you in as myself, you know, which like most of the time when they interact, it's like, oh, well, this is for Bella. This is what Bella needs. Right. At least at one moment, they're trying to understand where the other one is coming from. People look at that. And then instead, because of monogamy, we had to have the baby, the baby. imprinting, solve the love triangle, hot mess. Yeah, there's like two 
there's two quotes that I brought up that was specifically like anti-polyamory, which I had no idea was even mentioned in there. No, um, what? Tell, yeah. Tell me them. <laughs> I was thinking to herself like about the future she wanted to have or could have had with Jacob and, you know, her future with Edward. She's just like two futures, two soulmates. Too much for any one person. <laughs> she doesn't believe in herself. Right. And, and doesn't think that it's possible for a person to like have balance in their life, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. The second one is a little bit more like, oh, those kind of along the same lines as like those greedy bisexuals. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which I absolutely would not be surprised if that was Stephanie's perspective. Yeah. True. I'm not saying it is. I just wouldn't be surprised. Like, I couldn't have them both because Jacob could not just be my friend. It was time to give up wishing for that. How ridiculously greedy could any one person be? Wait, but she's even saying, like, have a male partner and also a male friend. Uh, who could do such a thing? <laughs> yeah. Impossible. Yeah, she's like, I love Jacob. I love Edward. I must be a hideous person. <laughs> I might be misremembering, but I thought that that line was about Jacob not being willing to be oh, satisfied right. with friendship. It's true. It's Jacob's fault. That no, he won't I be think the ridiculously greedy in the context of where I found it definitely was her just absolutely bashing into herself, which she just constantly was doing during this. <laughs> have enough love, Everywhere Bella. you turn. She's like, I am terrible. I want all of this. And what a horrible person it's like I am she's, for loving she many about, people. She talks about like, oh, if I lived in like a rational world, then, you know, monsters wouldn't exist. I would be with Jake. But we live in this world where vampires exist and polyamorous people don't. <laughs> <laughs> what a and terrible world. Like, <laughs> irrational. Bella lived in that rational world where there were no monsters, like, I don't know. Who knows what would have happened back in the Quileute history? Maybe Jacob wouldn't even exist if there were no werewolves in the past. Can't predict anything. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, I also, know. Bella would be dead. She would have been like, oh. hit by Bella would have been true. dead a long time ago. <laughs> she wouldn't right. be they with talk anyone. about that a lot. <laughs> I mean, pretty much all of human history and American history in particular would look ridiculously Very different. different if the vampires were actually involved. So, yeah, why would, why would you know, Smire want to delve into all that politics Why, stuff let's indeed. just include native americans in our story and just be like but this has nothing to do with real life nothing politics to do with anything else. this is not real she likes to be like look these books are like not political jasper was a confederate soldier he lied to sign up early he was really good at it and really passionate about it again no political <laughs> underpinning nothing about it is political guy and, and not no making any kind like, of oh, man about how I, I feel about that and at no point is he like, yeah, I, you know, hung out with a slave and was like, oh, shoot, I felt your feelings and realized that this was awful of me. No, right. she's just like, oh, you know, look back at him fondly. Murder bad. Shit sucks, doesn't it? Am I right? Would have been <laughs> so easy to be like, yeah, and of course I should... I really should mention that I now know the error of my ways from back then. <laughs> no. And she anyway. had all the pieces. I didn't never understood that. Chance. Uh, we could talk to you absolutely forever. Yeah, I know. Literally forever. <laughs> but that's that's the time we got. So we got to awesome. move on to our wrap-up questions. Okay. Number one, Team Edward or Team Jacob? <laughs> Answer however you would like. Ah, oh, jeez. Um, I, I, God, Team Bella, get some therapy, please. Yes! <laughs> I just want Bella to love herself first. You know, very, she very. She has so many wonderful qualities. Probably. Yeah, she is a very good person. Like at no point in the stories, and I'm like, oh, God, Bella, so awful. But at many points in the story, am I like, Edward, you suck. Jacob, <laughs> oh my God, go away. True. But. You know, if I had to choose, like, I guess Team Edward, if he would get his head out of his ass and not also be trying to manipulate mm -hmm. her. Amen. I agree with that one. And not well. taking advantage of the fact that she is constantly worried that if she does something wrong, he could easily leave her. 
Instead, I want her and all of them to be like, hey, look, we're immortal. We have the one thing that all polyamorous people want to have, which is unlimited time to be oh together. My God. <laughs> so true. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, you don't have to sleep. How hard is it really to have two relationships when you cut out all the sleeping? Yeah. Dude, it's a. I don't have to work? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you don't you have, have to sleep so many or partners. Work. Really, well, you have three I, uh, times as much time as a yeah, human. I remember we like posted on the Instagram that something like, you know, some some tweet that someone did where they're like, it makes no sense that vampires are straight or, and monogamous. And I was yeah. like, yes, 100%. And we lost yeah. like 10 followers yeah. after that. <laughs> the, the, the Anne Rice uh, model of vampires yeah. is definitely the one that seems a little bit more realistic. Right. Uh, you have infinite time, infinite possibilities. Do whatever, man. Do whatever. And all of your senses are heightened. <laughs> and you're bored. And I mean, bored. listen, at least Smyre got it right that they are having a lot of sex. It's just <laughs> very one particular straightforward type. Yeah. At least, at least she lets that happen. But of course she has to like go against her own like vampire oh. biology rules to make it happen but hey <laughs> whatever i want to mention that i think that the immortality is another reason that edward and jacob would get together because right jacob oh, huge will be immortal as long as he continues to transform like it's not like bella where it's you like all right you need to make down. a permanent choice yeah. here right. it's like and we can be together as long as we want and then when you are ready to like age yeah. you can and uh, edward points out to jacob like hey you might imprint on someone someday so you could possibly leave bella so i'm gonna just you know be watching and waiting for that to happen but in like the polyamory situation, like sure, more is the merrier. Here's another one who so can come true. in. This is why the Emily and Leah and Sam thing. Oh uh, yeah, just drives me insane. <laughs> why? Why did she have to go and get completely like? Because when you imprint on someone, you stop loving the other person as much. Yeah, the Leah and Sam Emily thing, I understand because like that's her cousin. So I'm like, I can't. I can't. It would be watch. weird. No, with your cousin. <laughs> your cousin. You know, it depends on the person, but like, I mean, my. S- I guess it would be weird if you had kids, because yeah. then they would be like double cousins. That would okay, probably yeah. be bad. Having kids. Yeah, would be I bad. guess I never consider the kids thing, because I never consider having kids. <laughs> that In would be Smyre's weird. In Meyer's world, you are only like a full, your, fully you're realized a- woman <laughs> when you have a child want to have children yeah yeah that's probably another thing that deterred me from twilight it was like oh of course of course they had to have kids at some the point enforced motherhood <laughs> that ruined okay. a lot of shows i've watched final question if you had a vampire power what would your vampire power be well uh i thought at first it would be you know like demetra's telepathy version oh my God. um bringing it back around but uh when i was younger i used to you know, mess around and think that like oh if i just like put my hands on someone i can feel their pain and feel their feelings you know as little witches do oh my <laughs> god no wonder you became a massage therapist yeah now that i'm a massage therapist and i can actually work on people and you know be healing them and feel kind of what they might be doing to themselves I feel like my vampire power mm. would end up being almost like a, a, a laying hands type Ooh, power. I love that. A little Jesus-like, but that goes along with the Twilight <laughs> vampires it. pretty well. Yeah, Truly, I love that. It does I do not understand why no vampire has been like, hi, I'm Jesus returned. <laughs> you want to see me do some miracles? Look, I'll jump into the air and do 30 backflips before I land. <laughs> It's, it's a miracle. miracle. How fast could the Volturi get them? I don't know. The Volturi is a cult, though, by the way. That oh, Aladdin. That's no, we didn't so even good. bring that up. They're the cult. A bunch of elders cult. who have just sat around doing absolutely nothing, but then right. saying collecting that, like, people, except yeah, collecting people and getting to kick people out of yeah. existence, just like wow. coming up with their own reasons for it. Right. Like, but yeah, no elders sitting around doing absolutely jack shit this? and having other people do the job for them, being of like. Course. We're obviously superior. 
not uh-huh. those who actually go and live lives. That's a great point. Yeah. Full Tory. 100%. Bad. I think that's a great hot take. <laughs> oh, end this episode on. I forgot to do the hot take question, but there it is. There it is. That <laughs> is definitely your hot take. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being with us, Chance. Yeah, thanks for time. letting me uh, ramble. <laughs> what a thank joy. Thank you for sharing your life with us. Oh, it's all good. I appreciate it. And you guys are doing like such a great job. I wish I could get <gasps> any friends who would do this kind of stuff with me, but I wouldn't even know what to talk about. You could, I mean, I'm Shane, glad you guys like, figured it out. You have plenty of stuff you could talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Not without lawsuits. I don't think. <laughs> okay, uh, just do what we do and bleep stuff out <laughs> as amateurs. <laughs> yeah. And I name don't... everybody. <sighs> I don't nearly know enough about polyamory. I mean, you guys stumped me on the like thruple question. I'm just living my life, man. Yeah, living your life. It sounds like a good life. So far. Yeah, it took a long time to get here, but goddamn, am I happy where I'm at right now. You're here, aren't you? Uh, We're so happy for you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, and I'll be, you know, (laughs) ever listening, ever present. Just keep, keep it in your mind us. That, yeah, just keep it in your mind that someone is getting a massage to the soundtrack of your podcast, at least <laughs> in my ears. I don't make We're going to be like, no, Chance, that. dig in your elbow. <laughs> oh, I, I would that. too. <laughs> well, listeners, thank you for hanging out with us and hanging out with Chance. As always, you can email us with questions and comments at twilightfacepodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us like Chance does, check out patreon.com slash twilightfacepodcast. Thank you to all of our patrons, Melina, Bridget, Eric, Karen, Ed, Aaron, Laura, Andrea, Lini, James, Melissa, Audrey, Chance, and King's Gambit. You can all follow us at twilight underscore phase on Twitter and Instagram and twilightfacepodcast on Tumblr. Disclaimer, we own nothing. The Twilight Universe and all characters belong only to Stephanie Meyer. Please don't sue us. Audio editing by Livia Valcarce. Cover image by Laura Shermer. Our theme music is written and performed by Adrian Mori. Chance, do you have any social media or anything you'd like to plug? Absolutely not at all. I try to keep myself away. <laughs> do not find Chance. Do not follow her. Don't even and, try. And if you happen to have been to the place that I'm talking about, because it's kind of identifiable, um, I don't want to hear from you. I'm sorry. Go live your life. Do not <laughs> reach out. Do not reach out to Chance. I hope you're doing well. Bye. <laughs> we'll be back next week. And if you don't like it, you can bite me. Bye. Bye. Bye.